When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, Steeler fans. My name is Jeffrey Benedict. Welcome to The Cutting Room Floor. The Cutting Room Floor is one of the new audio-only podcasts from the Behind the Steel Curtain podcast family, and this show is a chance for me to dig deeper into what I'm seeing on film uh, and share that with you. I do film rooms for and BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and while I enjoy those a lot, and they give me an opportunity to show people film and explain what happens on them, uh, in an audio podcast, I get to talk a lot more, use a lot more words than I can in an article, and really dive into what I'm thinking about uh, different things. And also, it gives me a chance to talk about stuff that I see on film that maybe doesn't quite fit a film room. All right. Now, before we get into our today's today's topic and talk about the inside linebackers, I want to go back and revisit what we talked about in last week's show. Last week, uh, we talked about different players who who showed up in the Hall of Fame game and who, in my opinion, deserved a shot at, you know, a, a bigger role. Uh, one of the big things I talk about in preseason football is the three R's, the rank, role, and results. Uh, you have to look at the rank of a player is who they're playing against. You know, if you're playing in the fourth quarter and you're playing against people who don't belong in the NFL, how well you do rates a little differently than if you're playing against NFL starters. Uh, it's a little different. Another thing is role. Oftentimes, teams simplify roles or have players do very specific things. You have to consider that when you evaluate what is you know what is normally evaluated and what you, in the end, have to evaluate is the results of plays and what they did on the film. So I want to go back and actually look at a few of the players we talked about last week and see what they showed in the Eagles game. Uh one thing that stood out to me uh, was the Eagles. The Eagles played starters on both their defensive and offensive lines. The Steelers, the Eagles were playing their starters, and the Steelers weren't playing their starting defensive line. Cameron Hayward, Tyson Alu-Alu, 
and Stefan Tuitt did not play. Who did start was Henry Mondeau. He was in there with Chris Wormley at the start, um, and Isaiah Bugs came in as the nose tackle when they went to three defensive linemen. But Henry Mondeau, playing against the Eagles' starting offensive line, looked good. He really looked good. Uh, and he kind of validated the Steelers putting him up there in that position with his play. He held his own at the point of his attack. Uh, he showed his usual intelligence. He's not as, he's a better pass rusher than he is against the run. He's not quite as stout against the run, and he doesn't he doesn't slide move blockers or slide off of blocks into run lanes quick enough to usually close them. Uh, but he is a very good player for a backup, and he showed well even against you know Jason Kelsey and some of the the, the better offensive linemen on the Eagles. He especially showed strength in leading a stunt. Now, of course, a stun is when two defensive linemen are rushing and one will kind of crash into the to the line in front of the other and the second player will loop around behind them into the space they create. The idea being, like, if you're, if you're lined up over a guard and I'm lined up over the tackle and you get your guard, you know, the guard is blocking you and you crash into the tackle who's supposed to be blocking me, I can loop around you and I'm completely unblocked. The way you have to defend that, as a blocker, how you, you have to protect your quarterback from that is you have to switch. As the guard, you need to switch off, you know, the guy you're blocking and pick up the other guy. Uh, or if it goes in the opposite direction, sometimes the outside guy player will crash inside and create an outside lane. Well, Henry Mundo, he's not the best being the guy looping around, right? He's not that guy. But when he crashes into the into the line, to create an opening for his teammate, he does a really good job. He does a great job of, of keeping a hold. Let's say he's on because he's, he's going to be on the inside. So let's say he, he takes a hold of his guard that's blocking him, right, and crashes into the tackle, trying to basically make it so neither of them can block the edge rusher, the guy looping behind him inside. He did that really well in uh, – in the game against the Eagles, and he even did one where he was the end and Isaiah Bugs was inside, and he crashed inside, and Isaiah Bugs had a free run at the quarterback, which forced an incomplete pass. In 2020, he was doing that with T.J. Watt. When he got into play, he would do stunts with T.J. Watt where he would crash into the tackle, keep the guard occupied, you know, grab a hold of him, loop his arm, however he got him, keep the guard occupied enough that T.J. Watt could just go inside. And there was at least two or three sacks that T.J. Watt got last season that involved Henry Mondo and him running the stunt. So Mondo looks looks good, which if you consider, he was he was towards the bottom of the depth chart, you know. He's a guy who, who stuck around the practice squad, got to the bottom of the depth chart last year, got to play a bit, and now he looks like he may be pushing Chris Wormley for rotational snaps. Uh, I also talked last week about how good Carlos Davis and Isaiah Loudermilk looked in the Hall of Fame game. Both of them got rotational snaps against the Eagles starters, and it did not look anywhere as good as Chris Wormley and Henry Mondo looked. Uh, they are not there yet. They're not at that level, uh, but they both show a lot for, for backups, especially guys, you know, uh, Isaiah Loudermilk, the Steelers obviously traded up to get him, traded a fourth-round pick from next year to get him in the fifth round. And Carlos Davis was a seventh-round pick in 2020 who didn't get a preseason, didn't get a training camp, and still showed up a bit and, and, and had some good snaps 
in the regular season. They both look good, uh, but they are not on the level of a Henry Mondo and Chris Wormley, at least against the Eagles starting line. They weren't as good. Uh, one, of the, one of the stories of this offseason and this preseason to me is Carl Dunbar and how good these do- defensive linemen look. Or you've got Isaiah Bugs, Henry Mundo, Isaiah Loudermilk, Carlos Davis. Isaiah Loudermilk is the only one they they did a decent draft pick for. Other than that, you've got sixth-round picks. You've got seventh-round picks. You've got undrafted free agents. And you've got a guy they traded up to in the fifth that everyone was like, who is that guy? He's not going to be any good. And they all look pretty good. They all look like maybe we've found some good players who can really develop into, into being rotational pieces on this team. Man, you've got to put a lot of respect out there for Carl Dunbar and the job he's doing with the Steelers' defensive line. We discussed Trey Norwood last week uh, and how good he looked playing free safety. With the television broadcast angles, you don't get to see the free safety play a lot. You know, I based that basically off a few plays. Uh, and this this last game, he really showed up on one play only, and that was a 79-yard touchdown on the screen. Other plays in that, he's just in zone. I can't tell you if he was, you know, making smart moves that caused quarterbacks to look off of deeper routes or, or to make sure, you know, take away uh, options that would have been, you know, good gains if he hadn't moved that way because we just didn't see it. We don't get the the all 22 film. You can't break it down very much. The only time he showed up was on that 79 yard touchdown where he was just basically outrun. He was outrun. Uh, I did a film room that on that that came out. Uh, yesterday, I'm re- well. That came out on Monday. Uh, if you're watching this on, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, it was yesterday. If not, it, it was Monday. You know, August fifteenth. It came out uh, about that play. Trey Norwood certainly showed that he's not the quickest. He's not Minka Fitzpatrick, um, but he was not the main problem in that play. That that play is not designed to be defended just by the free safety there. So. Not much we could tell about him, uh, but it looks like he has pretty well secured the spot as Minka Fitzpatrick's backup at free safety. Uh, there's there's no one else that's playing that better than him right now that we can tell. The last player I talked about last week was Trey Edmonds playing H-back. He showed up against Philadelphia with both Averick Ebron and Pat Fryermuth playing, and, and I, I need to bring up Pat Fryermuth had a heck of a game. Looks like he's going to be really good as an H-back and as a tight end. Uh Trey Edmonds came in at H-back once Eric Ebron left the game. Uh, when they would line up Pratt Firemuth as an inline tight end, they would send in Trey Edmonds to be an H-back when they wanted to use one. So he got a few snaps in that role, which means he was getting those snaps at H-back ahead of guys like Kevin Rader and Zach Gentry. Um, to The first play of the third quarter, the very first play coming out of the halftime, uh, Trey Edmonds was in his H back and he caught a pass for 11 yards. He, I mean, he had the man has three targets. He has 33 yards so far while playing H back. He's blocking pretty well. Uh, he's not standing out like Pratt Firemuth stood out when he was playing. Man, Pat Firemuth was phenomenal. Uh, but it's an interesting story to me how he, he is basically, you know, a kind of a looking for a, a role on the team where he makes the roster. Imagine this. He makes a roster as the number two fullback, uh, like the number three or four tight end, however you work in H back into that situation, he'll be listed as a tight end and, you know, a, a reserve running back because he can still, he is a running back. He can play running back and a special teams player. 
so it's a fascinating story to me to see if someone can actually make an NFL roster as kind of this super sub backup skill position player where he just he's the last guy to come in at, at a whole bunch of positions uh, who can also play special teams and, and give you a little more as an H back. All right. I, I know that's pretty long and we're getting we're getting pretty close to the break of the show here and I haven't even started the topic from today, but I wanted to make sure I covered that. Um, so to, for today's today's show, the topic is the inside linebackers. Uh, and, and one thing I want to cover for, pre, for about this before we get in the second half and really dive in the second half of the show when we really dive into the different inside linebackers and the value they bring. Uh, one thing I want to talk about is coverage, linebackers and coverage, because this is a big topic with the Steelers consistently. It has been for a long time, uh, ever since like Ryan Shazier basically was drafted. And it was Ryan Shazier and Lawrence Timmons at linebacker. It, this has been a topic. This has been a pretty important topic of conversation about the inside linebackers. With how the Steelers use their linebackers right now, how they used them in 2019 and how they use them in 2020, they will put their inside linebackers on slot receivers. They will do that. They will put them in man coverage on really good tight ends. The Steelers are comfortable doing that because when they do that, they put Minka Fitzpatrick behind them. And that's a big assistance when you can say to a linebacker, hey, if this play, if that if that tight end goes deep, Minka's got you, right? And if you're a quarterback and you see your tight end just beat Robert Spillane, but standing in the route of that path is Minka Fitzpatrick, you're not, you're not throwing that ball. You're not gonna throw it, because that's that's Minka's ball now. You know, so the linebackers have to cover short, tackle the catch, you know, keep any gains underneath, try and limit the gain on them knowing that if that player burns them deep, it becomes Minka Fitzpatrick's job to defend that. And that's how you see the Steelers last season put and get away with putting linebackers on slot receivers where teams will put a tight end out wide or a running back out wide and put their you know star receiver inside. Well, the Steelers, your option is put a linebacker way outside on a running back and put your best cornerback inside where both of those players still kind of need help right? Joe Hayden versus a number one receiver could use some help. And Robert Spillane versus a running back, you know, he, he could also use a little help over there. Or you can put Joe Hayden on the team's running back lined up as a wide receiver and just know the, the ball's not going there. And Joe Hayden doesn't really need to worry too much about the running back. He can help other things and he can, he can watch the play and adjust to it accordingly. Meanwhile, you have like a Robert Spillane on a Jarvis Landry but with the knowledge that if that play goes deep, it's Minka Fitzpatrick defending the ball, right? So in that circumstance, you don't have to worry about the running back at all that's out wide. He doesn't need any help, and Minka Fitzpatrick can help the linebacker inside, and that also leaves you in a better spot against the run game if that team then decides to run the ball, you know, because they have a tight end lined up out wide then you know you still have a linebacker there in the slot, and it's not a situation where a wide receiver is blocking a cornerback where there should be a linebacker. Uh, it, it, it gives a lot of strength to the defense and minimizes the weakness, and it's basically how the Steelers counter teams flipping and putting wide receivers inside and big guys outside. That's going to be consistent. In the preseason, that is not how they run it. They don't do that in the preseason. In the preseason, they're running a lot of basic man, basic cover two, basic cover three. They're running the most basic coverages, and it's a lot of man defense because they want to see. This is this is where you test and see, 
you know, how much can Robert Spillane cover a really good athletic cast receiving tight end like Dallas Goddard from Philadelphia? How much can he? Where do we need to help him? You know, if we just line him up straight up man on man, how much can he cover him? And we saw in that game that, that that's not something Devin Bush can even excel at. Right. That's that's not a situation any linebacker in the NFL that is going to be able to hope to play the run can manage on their own, straight up with no help on an island against a, a really good receiving tight end. You're going to get beat. Right. That is that's a point I want to drive home when the Steelers play in the regular season. Those guys are not going to be in the situations they were in. Neither are the slot corners. The slot corners are going to get more help. If, you, if you've watched any other preseason games, you'll notice it's a constant theme in the preseason that athletic tight ends, they're, the, they're big targets in these games. They're major targets in these games because teams are playing basic defenses and they are a mismatch problem. Guys who are naturally a mismatch problem excel in the preseason because they're not adjusting for those mismatches. They're just letting you have it. They're saying, all right, you got a mismatch there. We'll see what Robert Spillane can do against the top receiving tight end. Well, he's going to get beat. You're going to look at it and say, how well did he do? Was he able to do trail coverage? Was he there to tackle the catcher? Was he getting burned enough that, you know, that guy was able to catch the ball and have room to run and make a big play out of, out of you know, a, a six-yard in route? So that's something I want people to consider about the linebackers. Uh, Robert Spillane and Devin Bush are much better in coverage than they will look in the preseason. All, all the linebackers are better in coverage than they look in preseason um, because that's not the defense they're going to be running. They're going to have help. All right, so that's the end of the first half of our show. Stay tuned for the second half. We're going to talk about the inside linebackers. We're going to talk about Joe Schobert, how he fits into this team. What's his role going to be? Uh, we're going to talk about Devin Bush, how he looks. We're going to talk about Robert Spillane. We're going to talk about the depth guys behind them. Uh, so, as soon as we're going we're gonna to hit this break and uh, in, this, in part two of the show, we will be back to talk about the inside linebackers. to the second half of the cutting room floor. First half, we went over what we, we, we did an update on players I had talked about in a previous episode, and then we discussed a bit about the inside linebacker position and coverage and how we're going to judge preseason. Basically, basically saying don't judge Devin Bush and Robert Spillane too harshly for how they played in Philadelphia Inside linebackers put in situations where they are on an island with athletic tight ends or wide receivers are going to get beat. They are going to be the mismatch on the field. That's that's not how the defense works in actual games. So now we're going to talk about the inside linebacker position, and we're going to start with the big news that dropped during the preseason game at Philadelphia, and that is the Steelers' acquisition of Joe Schobert. Uh, if you if you don't know that the Steelers traded a sixth round pick, Jacksonville is paying half of his salary for this season, 
And he also redid his contract, moved some money around. Uh, if you if you want to know all the details of that, go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Dave, Dave Schofield uh, does great articles on that. He does a great job breaking down how those contracts work out and how they impact the team and the salary cap and all of that stuff. But basically, for less than $2 million on the salary cap this season, which is a tiny hit, and a sixth-round pick next year, the Steelers got Joe Schobert for this season. If they want to keep him after this season, uh, they're, they're, he's got some pretty big numbers. His numbers are not small. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's he's unlikely to be a long-term solution uh, unless he is really just that good that they say, okay, he's he's worth paying, you know, $8 million, I think it is, for 2022. So, for the Steelers getting... Joe Schobert, and when you look at the deal, people are saying, whoa, Kevin Colbert just absolutely fleeced the Jacksonville Jaguars on this deal. And we want to look at that, because oftentimes when it's like, whoa, how did we get a guy for this cheap, you end up finding out, you know, well, you got him that cheap because he's just not that good. <laughs> or, or you know, you're, you're overvaluing him. You know, maybe it's not just the other team undervaluing him. Maybe you're overvaluing him. So let's look at why he went to Jacksonville and why he didn't fit. Jacksonville has a linebacker by the name of Miles Jack, who's a top athlete, absolutely stud uh, in his athleticism. And he's also a really good coverage linebacker. And he's good at run and hit football. What he's not great at is taking on blocks and run stuffing. If you can force the play outside, he's going to run him down. If you can, you know, if he's in coverage, he's he's incredible. Really good linebacker in coverage. So the Jacksonville Jaguars are looking at this and they're saying, we need to pick up a run stuffer. We need to pick up a guy next to him that can take on those run stuffing abilities while still being able to, you know, to be in coverage some. And so they went and grabbed Joe Schobert, who with the Browns had had really good numbers, high tackles, tackles for loss, great, you know, uh, PFF grades against the run. And he was also good in coverage. And they paid him a big contract to be the guy next to Miles Jack who will allow Miles Jack to play to his strengths and really come into his own and be a top-tier linebacker. What they found is that they did not get the player they thought they were getting. Uh, basically, Joe Schobert is not that run stuffer that, you know, think Vince Williams. He's not Vince Williams. He's not that dude who's going to be like, yeah, you know, I'm going to I'm going to take on offensive linemen and beat them in the run game. I'm going to stuff a fullback in the hole, get off of him and tackle your running back in the backfield for a loss. That's Vince Williams, right? Joe Schobert's not that dude. He's much better in coverage than than Vince Williams was, and he's good run in run defense, but he's not a run stuffer. He is not a guy who's going to free up Mile Jack to not have to, to really worry about, you know, taking on blockers and being that guy in the run game. So he didn't work out there, and he had a big contract. And basically, the way it was set up, there was a lot of guaranteed money for this season. You know, when the new, when the new people came in, took over the team, new coaches, new systems, everything, you've got a lot of money locked into this player this season that you can't get out from under. Next season, a season after that, his con pay is big enough, and he's not worth it to that team that is now suddenly young, 
you know, and he's not the guy they they thought they were trying they were trying to get next to Miles Jack. So basically, they were going to cut him. He's gone. Either way, he's gone after this season. Uh, and so they were able to dump half of that money onto the Steelers and get rid of him. Okay, that, that's basically what they did. They dumped a player and dumped half his salary on the Steelers. wasn't a great move for them, but it's understandable. Now, what he brings to the Steelers, I want to talk about this way, all right? So he wasn't the guy they wanted next to Miles Jack. Let's compare Miles Jack and Devin Bush. And for the sake of argument, uh, I'm just going to let's just consider them to be roughly equal in overall talent. But let's say Miles Jack is, is kind of like a 80% coverage focused, 20% run defense, right? He's that guy you want in coverage every play and, and not really in run defense ever. Whereas Devin Bush is closer to balanced. He's he's really good in coverage, but he's not Miles Jack level, right? He's really good, but he's better against the run than Miles Jack is. So even if, if we consider the two of them even, you know, Jack would Miles Jack would be the better coverage guy. Devin Bush would be closer to balanced and, and better at run stuffing than Miles Jack is. Meanwhile, the Steelers had a guy like Vince Williams, who if you're gonna if you're gonna do that same kind of percentile breakdown of run versus coverage, run defense versus coverage, Vince Williams would be like 80 or higher percent run defense and 20% or less in coverage, uh, while Joe Schobert is more balanced. So so basically, if if before last season both teams had been smart, if this had been like a Madden kind of franchise thing where the players involved and their personalities and how they fit on the team and all that stuff aren't involved, and you can just sit there and look at their fit, um, they would have been better off switching Vince Williams and Joe Schobert. Because Joe Schobert is a better fit, in my opinion, to be next to Devin Bush, whereas what they wanted was more of a Vince Williams next to Miles Jack. So if that gives you an idea why Joe Schobert is a great pickup for the Steelers, but also not the biggest loss for the Jaguars because he didn't fit what they needed. So who is Joe Schobert? Well, let's, let's, let's take a look at him real quick, right? Um, Schobert has played a lot. He's been to a Pro Bowl, and he's good across the board. There's not a lot of weaknesses. Um, when you look at his physical profile, Right? When you look at his size, his speed, his agility, if you go back to the combine and look at those numbers, he's remarkably similar to Robert Spillane. He's the same height. They're roughly the same speed and agility. Um, he's He was bigger than Spillane coming out. When Robert Spillane came out of college, he basically really needed to hit an NFL weight room, and he did. Right. So the difference between Schobert and Robert Spillane physically and their athleticism is very small. Schobert's a bit uh, heavier on his frame still, I believe now than, than uh, Robert Spillane is. And that helps him in the run defense. When you look at his film and you look at his stats, he reminds me of Robert Spillane. Just a little stouter against the run, partly because he's a little bigger, right? Um, if you look at their coverage stats, even if you look at their coverage stats from last season, okay, Schobert played a lot more than Spillane did. Uh, he was on the field for 500 coverage snaps. Okay, all this just just a disclaimer: all of these uh, all of these stats come from Sports Info, Info Solutions uh, and through their Data Hub tool. It's a free tool on the web. You can look that up. But 
Rod, uh, Joe Schobert was on the field for 500 coverage snaps where he wasn't rushing, right, where he was in coverage. He was targeted 42 times, gave up 28 completions, 293 yards, uh, came away with three interceptions and one defended pass. Robert Spillane played significantly less. He was on the field for 158 coverage snaps, was targeted 23 times, gave up 10 completions for 107 yards, had one interception and three defended passes. Okay, what does that mean? Well, we can start with uh, Robert Spillane was targeted 14.6% of his time on the field, Joe Schobert 8.4%. Spillane only gave up 4.65 yards per target, whereas Joe Schobert gave up 6.97. They both gave up right around 10 yards per completion. Uh, Spillane just had a much lower completion percentage against than Schobert did. If you combine all of that, you look at the amount of yards they gave up per cover snap. Robert Spillane is 0.67 yards per cover snap. Joe Schobert is 0.59. A little difference. Not a lot there. Uh, And Spillane got to more passes went his way. He had one interception in roughly one-third the snaps that Joe Schobert got three. But Spillane defended three other passes, whereas Joe Schobert got to three interceptions and only defended one. So they both defended four passes, um, which means Spillane had a much higher percentage of targets that went his way that he inter- you know that he he broke up that he actually defended. Another part of Spillane's game that is considered one of his best attributes is his blitzing. Right, he does the, the what the seals call hug blitzing, where he's on a linebacker that line, or he's where he's a linebacker covering a running back in man. That running back stays in the block. He transitions into a blitzer. It's also how the Steelers deal with play action. If you watch a play action pass, and let's say Robert Spillane is is manned up on the running back, the minute it looks like a play action, like it looks like a run, he is charging that running back. He's going right for him. And when he sees it's a play-action pass, he's still going for that running back. He's still going, and they have to break off into coverage if the running back changes routes, uh, or if the running back turns to like help block someone else, you blitz the quarterback. If they turn and block you, then you're matched. You, know, you try and beat him and, and get in there. But that is how the Steelers negate extra blockers. When you keep in extra blockers to help block a TJ Watt, Cameron Hayward, Stephon Tewitt, Bud Dupree, Alex Highsmith, you know, when you when you keep in extra guys to block those guys, Robert Spillane is coming. Robert Spillane rushed on 15.1% of pass coverage of, of pass plays that he was in on, and he had an impressive, I mean ridiculously impressive 42.9% pressure rate. That's incredible. When he did a hug blitz, when he was that guy adding on to the blitz, he got pressure. Schobert last year, uh rushed on around 8% of past cover, about of pass plays and had a really good 23.3% pressure rate. That's good. Spillane's was just better. So in coverage, Schobert is a more proven, a more reliable guy than Robert Spillane. But if you look at Joe Schobert and you look at Robert Spillane when he, before his injury, when he was playing his best football, of 2020, you're talking about a very similar player. 
you're getting a very similar player. Again, Joe Schobert is proven. He's done this year in, year out. And you may have heard uh, the Steelers are talking about him wearing the green dot and calling the defense. He's that guy that you want calling the defense. People are like, oh, does that mean Devin Bush isn't good? No, it just means this guy is better at Devin Bush than at that specific skill. Calling the defense, calling adjustments, seeing what the offense is doing. He's better than Devin Bush at that specific skill. And really, if he's better at him, then he should do it, right? Whoever's the best at it should do it. If he's better than Bush at that, then yeah, don't. Why would you have Bush do it just because you're like, oh, Bush is our, he's our number one linebacker. Well, he still is our number one linebacker. Just Joe Schobert's going to call the defense because he's better at that. All right. So for me, what we're looking at what the Steelers did is they got an upgrade on Robert Spillane when it comes to playing every down and being a run stopper. They got an upgrade in Robert Spillane in terms of calling plays and knowing the defense and adjusting to what the offense throws at you. And they got a guy who can cover and maybe blitz. There, there's going to be some interesting things where that we're going to have to see play out. Like, for example, Joe Schobert was on a terrible defense. Was he targeted less because the guys around him were worse and so he was just not the easiest guy to pick on, right? Where Robert Splane was often, hey, who are you going to target? You're going to target that backup guy who's never played, who has, you know, before last season had exactly one snap on defense in his career. So, yeah, he got targeted more. Are, are you going to see where maybe Joe Schobert in this defense puts up better stats, you know, per target? Maybe he gives up fewer completions. And so his yards per target go down in this year. Maybe we see that Joe Schobert is actually a really good blitzer and his – uh, his rush percentage and his pressure rates go up. Or maybe we see that's not a strength of his, and Robert Spillane is just a better blitzer than Joe Schobert. Who knows? There are some leeway here that we're going to have to find out. We're going to have to feel out how Schobert fits specifically in this defense, uh, statistically-wise, like what his production is going to be as he changes roles from, from you know the Jacksonville defense to this defense. But really, if you watch his film, he's very similar to Robert Spillane. So what you saw, the good of Robert Spillane last year with a little better run stuffing, uh, that's what I expect from Joe Schobert this year, which is great. That's an upgrade. That's a, that's a great addition, especially for the, for the cost they got him for. So to round out the show and do our last little segment here, I want to go through the last rest of the position. We spent a lot of time on Joe Schobert and inside linebackers, uh, how he fits in. Uh, Devin Bush is going to be your number one linebacker if he's healthy. You know, there's, there's a chance the Steelers really are trying to limit his snaps early in the season because he's not 100% yet. I would understand if that's the case or if they just say, hey, you know what, we're, we're going to give you a little break. You played a ton last season. We're going to give you fewer snaps. But he's your number one linebacker. He's your number one linebacker. So, uh, Joe Schobert is good in coverage, but the, there's people out there saying he's better than Devin Bush in coverage, and that's just simply not true. Film does not back that up. Numbers don't back that up. It's just it's not true. Uh Joe Schobert's going to be your number two, and he's going to play a lot. He's going to play a lot. He is the veteran of the group. He's going to be that, you know, the the voice in the helmet. He's going to be the guy with the green dot. He's going to be calling the defense, calling adjustments, uh, which is good. We need someone who's really good at that. We haven't had someone who's really phenomenal at that since James Ferrier. He might be the best at it since James Ferrier left, and that would be a significant addition to our defense. Uh, in no other way is Joe Schobert the equivalent of James Ferrier. I'm going to be clear to say that in case people hear that wrong. I think I'm saying Joe Schobert is that good. He's not, uh, but he's going to be the best 
probably, you know, you know, that that calling captaining the defense that James Ferrier did from a linebacker position, he's gonna probably be the best since James Ferrier left that we have doing that specific job. Behind him, Robert Spillane. He's he's like Joe Schober. And I would not be surprised if they want to give Joe Schober to, uh, a, a break. You know, it would be probably like in nickel where Robert Spillane really fits in well. Robert Spillane is a great fit in the nickel defense uh, at inside linebacker. I would not be surprised to see him there where he can add his blitzing to the pile. Um, then you have, you have some interesting players behind there. You've got Ulysses Gilbert III, you've got Marcus Allen, and you've got Buddy Johnson. Buddy Johnson, the rookie draft pick, he looks good. He is more of a thumper. He's going to be that guy who can who can mix it up in line, you know, take on blockers, stuff the run. He's not bad in coverage either, at least at the level he's playing now, which is, you know, kind of the second to third string uh, players for the other team is what he's been facing, and he's shown pretty well there. Ulysses Gilbert III loved what he showed as a rookie, um, loved it. His first preseason, he looked dynamic. He got injured. He's had a series of injuries, and he has he hasn't really developed. And in fact, this season, you know, I'm I'm still looking for him to get back to looking like that player he looked like when the Steelers had just drafted him, where he looked so impressive. I don't know. Maybe his injuries means he's never going to get back to that play, being that player. But right now, he's in a battle with Marcus Allen just to make this roster. Bush, Schobert, and Spillane are going to make it. Uh, Buddy Johnson is is going to be very hard to knock out simply because he is a rookie and he is looking really good. Just not quite NFL for you know snaps on defense ready. He looks like a guy that next year could really take a huge second-year leap. Marcus Allen uh, played really good in very limited snaps against Philadelphia. He is not anyone you want to take on a blocker. He is just gets swallowed up by blocks. But in space and particularly uh, like a dimebacker role where he is taking on, where he's in coverage on linebackers and in coverage in zone, he's really good. He showed some fantastic aggressive defense on running backs against Philadelphia uh, when he was in there against a, a pretty good rookie, uh, Gainwell, for uh, for uh, for Philadelphia, who's a good receiver, he did a fantastic job manned up on him. Really fantastic work. He knows the defense. He's he's got the the IQ side down. He just doesn't offer much when he has to take on blockers at all. He's he's a liability there. Those are the Steelers linebackers, and really what we're going to be looking for from the inside linebacker position coming up is who's winning between Marcus Allen uh, and Ulysses Gilbert. Right now it's Marcus Allen, in my opinion. And can both Marcus Allen and Buddy Johnson, or if you know Ulysses Gilbert pulls it together, can two of them make the roster and get five inside linebackers on this team? I don't know if that's realistic. I don't know if that'll happen. That's what's really left to see of the inside linebacker position. Uh, and so that is, that is, that's going to wind up our show for today. This has been from the cutting room floor. I'm Jeffrey Benedict. Uh, the show's run a little, a little over what I'm supposed to do. Uh, so we will end it there. Um, and I will see you. I will not see you. I will talk to you next week. Yeah.
guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.